So parody is about a specific TV show or movie that they're making fun of, like they're, they're doing that, but the porn version. Comedy is just being silly and it's like an original story. Um, I feel like the shooting must not be that different, but I've never, oh my gosh, I have done a parody before. It's been such a long time. It's, it's been like, God, five years. I did a, an American Horror Story parody um, where I was Marie Laveau. I almost forgot. Uh, <laughs> oh, I should have done one. I did, I did a Watchmen parody too, where I was uh, Sister Knight. It was a VR thing. Holy shit, I've done more parodies than I thought. <laughs> yeah. This is Melody Kush. This is Lana Del Bay. Hey, Sex Squad. Check out Sex Tales right now. Sex Tales. I don't even have any pants on. Um. <laughs> yes. Hey, hey, Sex Squad. Welcome back for our newest episode of Sex Tales. I am Lana Del Bay, a full-time Chatterbait cam model, content creator, and orgasm enthusiast. Hey, what's up? My name is Melody Kush. I am also a Chatterbait broadcaster, OG, and I am a professional masturbator. And today we have an award-winning performer, multiple awards even, who is just a few dozen scenes shy of a total of 400 career scenes, which is crazy. <laughs> they are known for their intense scenes and their chill attitude. Today we're welcoming the 2021 co-host for the AVN Awards, Kira Noir. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you so much for letting me know that I'm that close to 400, because now I feel like that's challenge accepted, and I need to shoot way more so I can get to even 400. <laughs> I believe in you. I believe in you. <laughs> thank you. And thank you for believing in my goals. <laughs> <laughs> and lucky you, you're hosting the first all-virtual 2021 AVN Awards with a brand new set of boobs to boot. Mm -hmm. How excited are you? I'm super excited. It's definitely a weird year, um, but we've already recorded some really funny sketches. My co-host Skylar Lowe is so gorgeous. Her tits are so big. Like I, the first time I talked to her, it was through a Zoom meeting and all I saw was her beautiful face. And the first time I met her in person, I just could not concentrate because damn those titties. Um, so I'm really excited to host with her again too. And with an opportunity like this, it, I mean, it doesn't doesn't come around every year. How did you get this opportunity? Um, it was really out of the blue. Like, I wasn't expecting it at all. Um, my agent told me that Gary, who runs the show, wanted to talk to me about participating in it. And I've been a part of the show before as a screen girl and as one of the girls in the group picture campaign pictures that they put out. Um, so I just assumed it was going to be something like that, where he was going to go over what I would wear if I was presenting an award. Um, but in the middle of the phone call, he was like, oh, and by the way, we'd like you to host. Like, would you like to host? And I couldn't even answer for a second. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm really, really honored. I'm really excited. And I know that this is a strange year because we won't be able to do it at the Hard Rock Hotel in front of a big audience, but we're going to be able to stream it directly into everybody's home. I am encouraging people to dress up anyway because it's fucking fun to dress up and have a party with us from their houses. <laughs> yes, and what are you going to be wearing to accentuate all the new goods? So I picked out a couple of accessories. I kind of work my way backwards when I'm trying to pick an outfit for this kind of stuff. Uh, I'll, I'll find one piece that I like and then I'll build everything else around it. So I have a bunch of accessories and three different dresses. I'm gonna bring all of that stuff to the studio whenever we shoot. I'm gonna let Gary and everybody else on set help me pick which thing to wear. Um, but I finally can like fill dresses Very out cool. with tits, so it's, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> 
how big are they? How big did you go? Um, before I had implants, I was a 34A or 32B. Now I am a 34C or 34D. So no, 32D. Um, so I usually just wear a C cup. And I want to go bigger. I'm actually thinking about going bigger later this year because I would really love to have like like a D or a double D instead. I, I, for people who don't know, for a lot of times uh, for bras, there are these things called sister sizes where if you go down a band size, you go up a cup size. So I'd like to have just like both letters be D. I want to be like a 34 D or 32 double D. <laughs> I honestly think that every person I know that has gotten a boob job always regrets not getting bigger. So I'm not surprised to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> what has your uh, feedback been? Oh, my feedback has been great. I was totally expecting to have a slew of comments from people saying that I ruined my body, that they didn't want to wash me anymore. Uh, but even the people who were against me getting my boobs done are really supportive. So that's been really nice. Ah, I love that. That's so nice to actually like, because you're obviously doing it for yourself. So it's nice to get that feedback from other people and not have to deal with any like negativity. Yeah from an outside source when you're happy about something that you did for yourself. Mm -hmm. No, I've told people uh, for a while that I've wanted to have boobs. I want to be daddy with big tits. And I just really want to be able to do <laughs> titty fucking. I want to be able to slap people in the face with my tits. I want to be able to wear clothing that actually can be filled out by boobs. Because small boobs are really fun. Don't get me wrong. I love small tits. Every boob that I get to touch is a great boob. Or C is a great boob. <laughs> but it is a little bit frustrating whenever you're looking for lingerie and they don't care your size because you're too small or you find a really cool dress or shirt and you can't fill it out right because you don't have boobs. Um, so I would just like to enter the big titty committee and leave the little itty bitty titty committee behind. <laughs> I will always respect it and I'm, it's time for me to move on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel that one time me and my best friend went to Victoria's Secret and she has huge boobs. Like her boobs are like the size of me. <laughs> and she couldn't find something that was large enough for her and I couldn't find something that was small enough for me. And I was like, it makes you want to be a girl. Have you seen have you seen Angela White? She has huge natural boobs and she's really, really short. So I've always wanted to ask her like how oh, yes. she always finds such amazing lingerie. Because whenever you look at her stuff, she's always wearing just like really <laughs> intricate, gorgeous stuff. Um, but I've heard that a lot from girls that are, are naturally stacked. That's really hard to define that kind of stuff. So I'm going to try and toe the line. I want like like normal girl big boobs. I don't want to get crazy big boobs because I don't want to have the same problem on the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, because custom <laughs> custom lingerie to fit larger boobs is not cheap. It I is so expensive if you can even find it. It's crazy. Hey, sex squad. It's time for your stimulus check. Are you stimulated? No? Then this is a job for Chatterbait. Are you into cosplay or tattooed cuties? Maybe you're curious about couples. Head on over to Chatterbait now where thousands of broadcasters are waiting to chat with you. Get stimulated today at chatterbait.com. Uh, so as she, as Mel was saying, you're going to be hosting the AVN mm -hmm. Awards. Are you nominated for any awards yeah, this year? Yeah, I'm nominated for Female Performer of the Year, Best All-Girl Group Scene, Best Group Scene, uh, Best Boy-Girl Scene, and Best Mainstream Venture, because there's some music videos, and Best Supporting Actress. Holy <laughs> crap, that is a huge <laughs> list. Like... <laughs> I'm really, really happy about it. And you get to it. host to boot. I mean, yeah, the chances, it, it, I guess, of you presenting your own award are pretty good. Uh, I'm, there are some really good 
nominated people in these categories. And it's, it's a cliche to say, but it really is an honor to be nominated. So I'm not expecting to get an award at all. Um, but like, for instance, the scene that we're nominated for Best Boy Girl, it's something with small hands that we did for uh, Erica Lust. And I'm really, really proud of this scene in particular because we just fucked. Like, there was no porno acting. There was no, like, opening up the camera. Um, the director was Casey Calher, and she told us, we don't want you to worry about the cameras. If we don't get a clear penetration shot, we're not worried about that. We just want you guys to have actual sex just in character. Um, so it was a really, really great scene. Um, and there was this really cute moment where he was trying not to come too fast because he's, he's a really great performer, but he's used to, okay, we're going to do five minutes in this position, or we're going to do 10 minutes in this position, and I have to say this, and we have to make sure we open up for that. So I think just like the different feel of, oh my God, we're actually fucking, and I always beg people to come inside me whenever we're actually fucking. And so there's this really sweet moment where I was able to just grab his face and be like, don't worry, I want you to come. Stop holding back, I want you to come. It was so good. And I'm really happy that that was recognized. And I'm so happy about that. We're like, I don't care if it wins. I am just happy that it's part of the list of, like out of thousands of thousands of scenes and performers that that was something that was recognized. And it's fun when authenticity like that, that is, is, is recognized and encouraged in porn because it's not... I mean, yeah. authenticity is not necessarily always there in a scene, so it's great to see that that, mm -hmm. that got some recognition. Yeah, and I love being able to go back and forth between doing the super weird porn logic kind of stuff for Brazzers and the really passionate uh, and like kind of raw stuff for companies like Erica Lust. Uh, I love that porn has so many different facets of what can be sexy. I just love this industry so much, and I'm really grateful that I can do all these different types of scenes like that. And and when you started this in the industry, you settled on the name Kira Noir. Does that name mm -hmm. carry a story? Like what helped you decide? Yeah. Um, I don't like my real name. I, <laughs> without getting too much into it, I'm sure like, I think my name was, was leaked. So if you really want to Google it, it's already out there. Um, but basically my first name is supposed to be Spanish um, and it's not. And I was born in California. My mother could have asked any Spanish-speaking person around her, like, hey, what's Spanish for this word? And they would have told her. Um, so I, for years when I was growing up, I was like, my name is this, and it's Spanish for that. And then I finally talked to somebody who spoke Spanish, and they're like, that's not what it is. And then I just felt stupid. So I started asking people to call me different names. <laughs> and when I was 16, I saw Death Note for the first time. Um, it was my favorite anime. It still is. And in that show, uh, there's a character whose name is Light Yagami, but he starts killing a bunch of people. Um, and <laughs> he starts doing it anonymously, so the public gives him the name of Kira. As we do. Yeah, yeah, as, as one does. You don't want to just, like, have your real name out there whenever you're doing your art and your craft all the time. So he started asking, so people started calling him Kira. And I thought that was a really cool name, so I started asking people to call me Kira. And I've been Kira since then. Uh, and whenever I started camming, I was going by Kira Fire. Um, my first porn agent told me that I should change that. I thought for a second, okay, well, Kira Black. And he told me there's already a Tory Black, so I went with, like, make it a little bit more unique. So I Googled French for Black. Noir came up. I mispronounced it for like, the first three years that I was in porn. I said my name was Kira Moore. And it took me going to AVN and talking to a French fan who was like, he was very sweet about it. He was like, hey, by the way, you're saying your name wrong. <laughs> um, so now I know to say Kirinois. <laughs> I can appreciate the French addition to your name here. <laughs> very, Thank very you. cool. <laughs> 
my god, that is so funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're saying your own name wrong. I just, um, I didn't know. Can you tell us a bit about uh, how you got into the industry? The the transition between, you said you, um, you spoke about how you started out as a stripper, mm-hmm. went from webcamming. Um, how did you get into the adult film industry? If I ever write a memoir, I've already settled on a name. Um, it's going to be Tumblr is a slippery slope into porn. Um, because I found a really great sex worker community on Tumblr whenever I first started, where I first was just on there to look at sexy girls, um, then I became a stripper, and I found a stripper community on Tumblr, and that just kind of opened me up to the sex worker community on the site as a whole. So I started talking to more cam girls, I started talking to amateur uh, content creators, and I started following a lot of girls who were on the website God's Girls. Um, my favorite porn stars are Soy and Skin Diamond. And whenever I started looking through the site and like started reading more about it, I saw that they got their start on God's Girls. Um, I am a fangirl. I'm kind of a simp. And I wanted to be like my favorite porn stars. <laughs> so I submitted some work to God's Girls. And from there, I started making amateur content. I started webcamming. I was very bad at it. I fucking salute both of you. It's a really, really hard job. And I'm not very good at camming. <laughs> um... And I started to try to focus a little bit more on creating amateur porn because I had a lot more fun with that. And by the time a porn agent came to my club, he was with Bonnie Rotten, um, who was feature dancing. And he was going around telling everybody that he was starting a porn agency. And if anyone wanted to join, he would pay for your first flight to L.A. and your first test. Um, so everybody told him to talk to me because I was already doing porn. <laughs> and at first I just wanted to like go out to L.A. and make some money and come back home. But I came out to L.A. I loved shooting porn out here. I loved L.A. in general. Um, so I went back to St. Louis. I sold everything that didn't fit in my car. And then I drove out here. And now this is home. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's such a cool story. Also, sidebar. If you ever wanted to write a memoir, you should make it memoir. No, no. <gasps> That's Just really good. Thank memoir. you. Yes. Okay. <laughs> There's gonna be a writer credit of like Lana Del Bay at the bottom. Of that. <laughs> and I mean, you know, I understand your desire to want to follow in Bonnie Rodden's shoes in a way. Like she is such a powerhouse in the industry. I have great respect for her. She's an immensely amazing performer. I mean, some of the stuff that her and her body can do, I'm just like girl like <laughs> you got it like i finally and I, mean, I finally got to work with her a little while ago um for halloween scene <sighs> two or three years ago the amount that that woman can squirt it, it shouldn't be possible and yet it is it's so cool <laughs> it's like across the room like she can hit a target from like mm-hmm. across the room i bet it's crazy. it's it's forceful you drown in it i was it was <laughs> Was that part of the scene or? <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was a Halloween scene. Um, she was she was running away from some nefarious creature of the night. Uh, I was one of her friends. She ran into my house and to calm her down, of course, porn logic. Uh, my boyfriend and I fucked her. So <laughs> it was it was a really fun scene. There's a lot of and always calms me down. It does. It's a really great stress reliever. <laughs> And you've worked with a lot of top studios. You work with people like Reality Kings, Brazzers, I mean, Evil Angel, Wicked. And I mean, you probably have, you know, your favorites or, you know, the some sets that you love returning to. 
What is it that makes a good studio? What makes you want to come back and work with these people? Well, different studios will focus on different aspects of it, but I think that the studios that have a lot of people who are excited to come back are the ones that make it so it's really fun to come back and you feel really good about the content they're putting out. You have websites like Razzers where you get to do really funny scenarios, get to laugh and have a good time with it and just be goofy and then have crazy weird positions for the sets. And then you also have on the other side companies like Vixen where they just treat you like a princess. They're using crazy high quality cameras so you know that everything's going to look just absolutely gorgeous when it comes out. Um, so just making the performance feel really good on set and then be proud of what comes out I feel like is a really good mark for the studio, making performers really happy to come back and work for them again and again. That's awesome. Right, you catch more flies with vinegar or more <laughs> flies with honey than you do with vinegar. <laughs> <laughs> flies might like vinegar too, who knows? Oh. <laughs> right, some people put on their french fries, some people are weird. Um, what would you say is your favorite scene that you've ever shot? Do you have like a special attachment to a certain one? <laughs> there are a lot that are on like the top of my, my list of all the scenes I've done. But I think right now my favorite is the one that I'm pretty sure is the most watched video on Pornhub for me. Um, it's uh, with Small Hands and uh, Demi Sutra for Brazzers. And the concept was just silly to begin with, um, where uh, Small Hands is my boyfriend. I'm cheating on him with Demi Sutra. And for some reason, um, I asked Demi to hide under the covers for a surprise with just her legs and pussy out. Like she's spread eagle with her legs up in the air. Um, so I leave the room to go get the surprise, which is a strap on. Small hands comes in and just sees her legs there and thinks that it's me. So of course he starts to, to fuck her. And she says something along the lines like, oh my God, we never talked about using strap-ons before. And he's like, wait, what? And rips off the covers and they see each other for the first time. And they have this kind of home alone scream, just comedy porn stuff um so the, the just the setup was really really fun to shoot and then of course the sex was incredible because they're both really hot people who fuck really well <laughs> and i mean you you've done so many different kinds of scenes but one in particular i wanted to highlight was your first avn win and it was a star-studded group scene like i mean anna fox angela white ryan driller i mean like the tory black the list is crazy what was it like to shoot in in a room full of so many hot people? Like, what was that scene like for you? It was really intimidating. I was kind of not feeling like I belonged at first. I had just recently become a Vixen Angel. Um, and so it was around all of these girls I looked up to for such a long time. And a lot of the guys either I've worked with before or was already fans of or hadn't worked with yet and I really wanted to impress. Um, but Caden Cross, she has a really great way of meticulously planning out every step of the way where there's of course gorgeous pictures that everybody is used to coming from the, the Vixen brand and then for the orgy she was directing us every step of the way so she was would just call out like hey you go over there and suck that dick you go over there and fuck her and so there's never a moment where you see somebody come up from the orgy and then like look around confused trying to figure <laughs> out where to go next which is really common in orgies it isn't necessarily a bad thing <laughs> together like a choreographed dance it was really really fun it must be so nice to you know work for a company that's so organized and meticulous like that because you know that the final product 
product is going to be great. They're not going to let you misstep or, you know, it, it must be great to have that uh, bubble of comfort, especially as a new performer in the industry. So that's really great. I've heard nothing but great things about, about Vixen and like how they treat their performers on set. So it's really, it's really great to hear that. So you know a lot of hilarious shit happens to us while we're camping, right? Well, now there's finally a show that captures all of it. That's right. There's now a sitcom about camming. It's like Seinfeld, but with dildos. It's like Brad Pitt has a stand-in for him. Why can't we have a stand-in for your vagina? Thankfully, it doesn't star Larry David in drag, but instead the adult star Lily LeBeau. She broadcasts on Chatterbait, and she proves that porn stars can fuck up. This is so overwhelming right now. Yeah, check out Cam Girlfriend on Camming Life YouTube channel, youtube.com slash camming life. Oh, what would you say is a must have for you on set? Uh, do you have like a favorite snack, mm -hmm. uh, favorite drink, tunes that you like to listen to? What is a must have for Kira? Good lube. Um, I, I feel like it's almost <laughs> impossible to use too much lube. Lube is sexy. I, if I could do a scene sometime soon where I'm just covered in coconut oil, I would love that. I feel like people have done that so many times because it's so sexy. Um, silicone lube yeah. is my favorite. And uh, especially the, the, the wet platinum brand. Sometimes I'll try to bring it with me, but most of the time it's, it's on set. <laughs> yes. It's not sponsored or anything, but. <laughs> hey, what? Give us free but stuff. sponsor us, platinum. But sponsor us. <laughs> But that's it. Like the silicone lube is apparently <laughs> amazing for anal, but water-based lube is what you should be using with silicone toys because silicone-based mm -hmm. lube and silicone toys don't really mesh well together. But I guess when you're performing mm -hmm. with, you know, real live penises and, and real live booties, well, silicone lube <laughs> would be the way to go. So you can, you, you mm -hmm. can bring your own lube to set. Like, do you have to, is that a requirement or can you do you, can oh, you no, just it's, do it it's if not you a want to? Do Most companies will have like a couple <laughs> of different varieties of lube on set and we'll just like ask everybody like, Hey, what's the preference? Uh, I feel like most guys prefer yeah. silicone as well because it's so slick. Um, and I actually like to use glass toys because oh. I sometimes have forgotten like that I have a silicone toy and then I put silicone lube on it and then it's ruined and I can't use it anymore. Um, so I like to use glass stuff whenever I'm doing solo or, or girl girl, where I'm just like, like putting toys into somebody else. Um, uh, just so I don't have to worry about like, okay, wait, which lube do I need? Okay. And, and it's removes that confusion from it. And glass toys are also more body safe. They wash away, mm -hmm. you know, they wash away easier. There's no little porous little holes, like capturing bacteria. So especially if you're using it on multiple performers, it's, it's the, it's the good way to go. Yeah. Um, so in... 2020, uh, you won an XBiz Award for the best sex scene in the comedy. Like, so best sex scene comedy. And it was three cheers for Satan. <laughs> and I was curious, what is the what is the difference between a parody porn and a comedy porn? And which do you prefer shooting? So parody is about a specific TV show or movie that they're making fun of. Like, they're, they're doing that but the porn version comedy is just being silly and it's like an original story um i feel like the shooting must not be that different but i've never oh my gosh i have done a parody before it's been such a long time it's, it's been like god five years i did a, an american horror story parody um where i was marie laveau i almost forgot uh, <laughs> oh i should nice. really do one i did i did a watchman parody too where i was uh sister knight it was a VR thing. Holy shit, I've done more parodies than I thought. <laughs> yeah. Parody, I feel like... See, you've done so yeah. many, you've done almost 400. You have forgotten that you've done so many. 
I've done a lot of amazing, really, really fun scenes. Uh, sometimes I'll forget that I've done it until I'm talking about it. It's like, oh shit, no, I have done that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah parodies are always necessarily I get, funny. <laughs> I get the same way with cam shows. Like I forget things I've done over the years. And then I find some screenshots of me on cam like seven years ago. And I'm like, oh yeah, I did that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Honestly, this comedy genre that you the comedy genre that you've explained like with your scenes with small hands sounds like you guys do a lot of comedy this is an entire genre i have not explored yet like i'm actually a fan i love parody porn and i like vintage porn and like mm-hmm. those are like something with a storyline i actually i mean it might be cliche but like i am a girl who likes my porn with the storyline so i'm gonna have to explore this whole comedy genre <laughs> the comedy genre definitely has storylines they're a little bit sillier but they definitely have storylines and they're really, really good. Like Three Shoes for Satan was so fun to shoot because it was just jokes all the way through and then really fun sex. Uh, I highly recommend that one. In fact, if you just go back through like the nominated movies in the comedy category for award shows, you're going to find a lot of really great gems. Ah, very smart. Very smart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Got your weekends planned out now. <laughs> all right. <laughs> and I mean, you... I mean, clearly have done a whole lot of fucking. I mean, you are a professional. So what is your, like, best advice for guys who have trouble finding the G-spot? What do you tell these people to help them find them? You got to talk to the person that you're banging. Uh, I can't tell anybody where your person's G-spot is. Only they can tell you. Um, And I get this question a lot where it's like, how do I get my girl to like anal or what's the best way to finger somebody or what's the best way to do this or that? And and the answer is always going to be the same. You got to talk to the person that you're doing it to because I can give you a ballpark of cool stuff to do, like suggestions, but only they can tell you exactly what they want. And and some people are a little bit intimidated by that. Like they think that if they have to ask that 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 means that they're not good at sex or they don't know what they're doing. And it's like you, if you ask, they'll give you the cheat codes to their body then you'll be like a fucking god to them because you'll just play them like a fiddle. It's going to be amazing. It's very sexy. It might be a little bit awkward to ask the first couple of times, but the more comfortable you get with communicating with your partner, the better you're going to be at fucking them specifically and the more they're going to want to fuck you. Yes. Very good advice. (laughs) Very, very true. (laughs) I feel like that's why after you have sex with the same person for a while, it gets better and better is because you have that communication building Mm -hmm. and you just like know how to please each other better. Mm -hmm. Um, so I personally am a really big fan of sucking dick. Probably one of my favorite things to do in life. Um, aside from sleeping. Um, what would you say is like the wildest place that you've either sucked dick, eaten pussy, or had sex? So one of the first times I let somebody fuck me in the ass uh, was in the back of their car in a church parking lot. And I feel like it might be kind of hard to top that. Um, I've also fucked next to train tracks. Um, I've sucked dick through one of those fake, uh, like, confessional booths. And I really want to get, like, fucked through that one day. I just have somebody stick their dick through, the, like, the window. I don't want to see them at all. I want to do, like, a, a glory hole scene, but in a confession booth. <laughs> because blasphemy is really sexy to me. Oh, um, yeah, that's... Okay. <laughs> but I've also... I, whenever I was back in... That's where, like, three, three um, cheers for Satan! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> No, but I, when I was in St. Louis, um, for, I don't know how we were able to get away with this, to be perfectly honest, but we used to do live sex shows, and, and we couldn't ever work with cis guys, um, but we could use strap-ons on each other, so I used to bang girls out on a strip club stage in front of the crowd, and, and that was kind of my first time, like, performing for people, was, like, in, in front of a live audience, and that was always really fun. 
Um, cause people will throw money on you while you're fucking really hard and you can like, I used to be able to, cause I used to actually be strong, like pick up a girl and try to like fuck her standing up and like get everybody a good view. <laughs> um, and so I feel like that's, uh, that's, that's pretty challenge. unusual. Like I, okay. So when working with a strap on, um, I personally haven't ever used a strap on. It's on my goal list, but does it make you realize how much work? a guy puts into fucking like all of that pelvic thrusting and stuff it's like you get so much more respect for the male parts if you like have to do all the humping Mm -hmm, absolutely but at the same time they have the extra motivation of being able to feel what's happening to that dick um whenever i'm fucking somebody with a strap on my goal is to just fuck them as hard as possible because my motivation is seeing your titties bounce um, and that's all I'm getting from it. Like, I don't get any sensation. Um, whoever makes a strap-on that like, has really good vibe attachment or something like that is going to make so much money because I would love to be able to feel what I'm doing to somebody whenever I'm fucking them with a strap-on. <laughs> Do you have, like, aside from strap-ons, I assume you have a big sex toy collection at home as most of us performers or cam models do. Do you have a favorite sex toy? Yes, uh, I have something that's like a magic wand, but it has these two metal bands on the bulb, and if they're both touching your skin and you press a special button, it'll shock you. And they ha- it has a couple of different settings where you can do a really low shock, it's really more just a, a jolt, you can, you can feel it going through you, or you can put it really high and then it really hurts. Um, you can have it just spark once, you can have it kind of ramping up and down or pulsing. It's really fun to be able to mix the pleasure and the pain that way. I've never heard of a toy. I I have something different, but I've never heard of a toy that incorporated electric shocks like that. Um, my very first convention in 2013 in uh, Chicago, I bought, <laughs> I, I was with another model and we tested it out and I ended up coming home with one of them. I bought this thing, it has patches on it. So I put one patch on me and one patch on someone else. And when you kiss, it makes like little, little electric shock. <laughs> and I mean, these can, this, this can, so yeah, fun. I mean, it, I mean, it was fun at the time and I brought it home, but I think it's been, it's been sitting in my closet for the last eight years and I, I don't even think I've used it. But now I think I might have to take it out. This is something that you enjoy. Do you use the electric aspect in your personal life or your professional life a lot? Mm-hmm. I, I use it in both parts of my life a lot because I like doing kink scenes, but I also do a lot of vanilla scenes where I can't have bruises or marks on me. So I, I, whenever I want to try to play around with pain stuff, I have to use a method that doesn't leave any evidence afterwards. And electricity is perfect for that. Uh, I can go really small with like a little zapper, or I can go really hard with a cattle prod, and it's not going to leave any mark on me. Oh my god, cattle prod. That's like my worst nightmare. I know, right? <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, no. If, if you ever want to experiment with it, I gotta tell you, the, the cattle prod is not that scary. Um, it's scary. It's definitely scary. Like, and part of the reason why I love it is because if you watch any scene where somebody uses a cattle prod on me, I'm pretty much crying before they ever actually use it on me because I'm so scared of it. But the upside is the pain is really intense, but really short. It's like the, the same amount of time of like a, like a pinprick where you feel it really hard, but it's, it's really, really fast and then it's done. Um, it doesn't really linger or anything like that, like being spanked with a paddle or a cane or anything like that does. Uh, so you can get cattle prodded a bunch and you can go to that scary place in your mind. Like I personally love to be scared during sex. Um, so you can go to that like dangerous, oh my God, I'm scared kind of place without having to worry about having your skin broken or having marks or anything like that. And then the pain is really, really short. 
So once you, once you, it happens and you're done with it, you're like, oh, it wasn't so bad. And then they're like, oh, I'm going to do it again. You're like, ah, no. So I, I really recommend playing around with it if you ever want to. Ah, oh, interesting. I definitely want to play with electricity more. It sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> and uh, do you have a go-to masturbation fantasy when you're using your toys or when you're masturbating at home? Yeah, I really wish I had a dick. Um, <laughs> there's, there are a lot of people that I wish I had a dick to fuck. Because um, don't get me wrong, I love pussy. I love having a pussy. But there are some things that I, like, I wish I could come on a girl's face. So a lot of times when I am just like trying to get myself off, no cameras involved, just trying to make it really fast. Um, I will look up girls online that I think are pretty and I'll like try to imagine coming on their face <laughs> or fucking them uh, or like having a so date and hot. being able to do that. I love that. <laughs> I like that. That's such a unique fantasy. Yeah. I really enjoy that. <laughs> but you're right. That is something. I mean, I guess we could like squirt on somebody's face, but that's not the same as the whole like, strategic motion of coming on someone's face. <laughs> it's more of a pool scenario. Yeah. <laughs> and I love squirting too, but there's something about like, I, I think it's because I can never have it. it it's one of those, I, I want what I can't have kind of things. It's uh, the ultimate yeah. fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I totally, I totally understand that. That's that, that is a great fantasy. I love it. Um, are you dating right now? like at all within the industry or out of the industry? No, uh, I'm taking a break because I am a serial relationship hopper. Uh, we're usually, I, I'm in polyamorous <laughs> relationships or open relationships. So if one ends, I can just hop into another one because there's already something that I was interested in or starting to talk to, all that kind of stuff. Um, and my last relationship ended back in September. Um, and I realized that this is the first time I've been completely single since I was 22. I'm, I'm 26 now, so it's been four years that I've just been like hopping in and out of relationships. Um, so there's somebody that I'm interested in, but I have a checklist of personal goals that I want to achieve before I ever ask them out. And they're a really good friend of mine. So it's like, I don't want to rebound to them. And I want to make sure that if it doesn't happen, I'm still happy and we still can be friends and everything fine if it does then i'll be an even better person they can go ahead and like be like hey here's the another cooler version of me here you go see i love that yeah you should always like be your own happiness and then like your partner like just adds on to that but they shouldn't be your only source of happiness Mm -hmm. that's how you get unhealthy relationships exactly now my dog is my source of happiness <laughs> and how has it been dating it while you've been working in this industry? Do you find yourself dating more within the performer pool or outside of it? And what's the difference there for you? Uh, I've done both, and there are strengths and weaknesses to both. Um, if you're in a relationship with another performer, then there are a lot of things that you don't have to explain because they already know themselves. Um, you can work together, which is always great. You can have like a partner, especially if you live with them, that you can make content with. Um, but on the bad side, if you're doing like, like mainstream commercial porn like me, if you guys break up, you have to keep seeing them. Um, they're in the line to get tested when you go to get tested. They're at parties. Um, I know that when everything's open back up again, I'm going to have to go to award shows and like see my exes there. <laughs> so that kind of sucks. Like, they kind of never really go away. Um, and, but if you break up with somebody who's, who doesn't do the same job as you, once you guys break up, you just block them everything and like, they cease to exist in your world. Um, and with the, one of the pros of dating somebody who isn't in the industry, especially if they have a dick, like a lot of guys in the industry 
have to kind of save their cum shots. So if they have to work the next day, they can't fuck you the night before because they want to make sure they have like a really good pop shot the next day. Um, But if you're dating somebody who doesn't do porn, you can just fuck whenever. And there's like no limits to it. You can just do whatever you want because they, all their time, every time they come is with you or if you're in a relationship one of their partners, they don't have to save it up like that. I never even thought of that. (laughs) That's so interesting. I never even thought about that, right? Like a little squirrel saving you up. (laughs) (laughs) And have you, have you ever had to face one of your exes in a scene afterwards? uh Uh-huh. I used to date Nathan Bronson and we broke up the day before we did an evolved wrestling scene where we literally had to fight each other and then fuck. Um, that was also interesting because we both lived in LA and they shoot that in Vegas. So we broke up and then the next day had to drive to Vegas for four hours together, um, shoot a scene and then drive back. Yeah. It was, it was really difficult, but I think that's what made the scene so good. It's another one of my uh, top view scenes on Pornhub. And I think that people like it because we were kind of working through some stuff um, when we were wrestling each other. And then it was like yeah. the last time well, we like, had sex. Right, so. super organic. Yeah. yeah, it's like it was, it was authentic really passionate hate scene. fucking. Yes. <laughs> yes, passionate. There we go. Mm. Passion's a little bit nicer. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah, I never, honestly, those are things I never really thought about when, you know, dating other performers, like the, the run-ins afterwards, like the, the, the fallout from a potentially you know, disaster. But I think, of course, also, I think that there's, there's a lot of mutual respect for, you know, the work as well. So I think that, you know, performers, uh, you know, you got to do what you got to do. You got to do the job, right? Yeah. And I feel like there's no right way to Mm -hmm. date um, when you're in porn, if you're you're in the sex industry. Um, I would never say to somebody like, oh, don't ever date somebody who's not in it or don't ever date somebody who's in it because there's going to be problems with each one. So you should just do what feels right to you. Absolutely. That's good advice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So everybody and their grandma has an OnlyFans right now. It's it's the thing. Um, can you share a bit of like what kind of content you like to post on your OnlyFans? You mm-hmm. talked about kinks and fetishes. Do you post any fetish content there? Like, what would you say is your favorite thing to upload? Um, my favorite thing to shoot is just really low key stuff on my cell phone. Uh, I've done both like just super amateur. Here's my friend, and I'm gonna suck his dick real quick kind of stuff where it's very spontaneous. I've also done stuff where I hire uh, somebody to hold the camera. I, I book a place to shoot it in and make everything look like really high production value and pretty. And I like both, but it's easier for me personally to shoot the amateur stuff in my cell phone. And I think that people like it a little bit more. Like I feel like people respond to it a little bit more on OnlyFans, and part of the reason why sites like that are starting to really take off is because people are really liking amateur porn now more than ever. It feels more real, quote unquote. You can kind of see an exclusive look into somebody's personal life. Um, So that's sometimes a little bit more appealing than the shoots that are meticulously planned out, like with professionally shot scenes. Um, I just think especially with the like quality that we have on our cell phones now, like you can shoot in 4K. So even if it's something that's still very organic, fresh, authentic, like this is just me in my bedroom touching myself, Mm -hmm. like it's still high quality. And I think that that's what makes it's so appealing now because like back when you were just like recording on your flip phone, it was going to be like, Oh, I love jacking off to pixels. That's like my favorite thing. (laughs) But now it's like 4k quality amateur porn. So (laughs) I remember like way back in the day, maybe I'm giving away my age right now, but like, remember you used to like change the TV channel to like, 
Channel 94 and it was like scrambled boobs. Like, like you get like, <laughs> is that a new breakfast? Scrambled eggs, scrambled boobs. Where <laughs> it was just like a bunch of fuzz. And then if you, I prefer my boobs over easy, but might see a nipple. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, see, no. when I was growing up, I, I used to Google boobs or girls kissing. <laughs> oh, that's so wholesome. I love it. <laughs> and you know what? Uh, coming back to shooting on OnlyFans, I mean, I think that homegrown style of content is really successful because it's more intimate. And I think it brings the user closer to the performer as opposed to a big mm -hmm. studio production. And I mean, there's obviously nothing wrong with studio productions. It's very high quality, oh, no. but and there, it's just a different, it's a different vibe, you know? Yeah. And, and some performers, which is so important this past year with the pandemic and everything, people are looking for that, like more wholesome connection with humanity because we're all trapped inside. Mm -hmm. Which I think is why it had such a highly elevated boom in 2020. And there are some people who prefer shooting that way too, and they can let their fans know that. And so like, no matter what kind of content you get, you're getting, you know that's what they want to shoot, what they want to do, which is also really nice. I feel like a lot more people are looking for ethically made porn. So going on to a girl's OnlyFans and knowing that she's shooting what she wants to shoot, it feels good and it's hot. <laughs> yeah, and that and all that money is going straight to the performer. There's no third party there, so there's definitely an appeal for that. And ethically sourced porn that is exactly that is the the, the perfect term. And I mean that kind of brings me to my next point. Also, Pornhub. Let's talk a little bit mm -hmm. about Pornhub. Lately, Pornhub has been in the spotlight. I know that you are an ambassador for Pornhub. Uh, just to give a little bit of backstory for anybody who doesn't know. Uh, last year, there was a lot of pressure from an organization called Trafficking Hub, and they put pressure on Pornhub to basically, as a result of this pressure, Pornhub eliminated all unverified videos on their platform. They were basically increasing uh, moderation. They were making a lot of really far-reaching changes, and despite all those changes, uh, two days later, Visa and MasterCard pulled their credit card services from the platform and it has left a lot of sex workers kind of scrambling. It has it has impacted the lives of tens of thousands. And the goal of this organization was to um, stop illegal material from being uh, produced and posted. Uh, but this isn't going after the producers of that content. It's targeting a platform in a very malicious way and affecting a very marginalized community uh, at the end of it all. So what are your thoughts about this whole war on porn right now that we're going through? It's really sad, and it never really goes away. Um, whenever I first started, there was Prop 64 that we had to fight. Then there was the, uh, the SESTA-FOSTA stuff where they had to, like, Craigslist had to take down their um, meetups section, or, like, people were, even the people that weren't trying to escort. It was just people who were just trying to meet up and fought, but they had to take all of that down. Um, next, there's going to be another provision where websites would be even more uh, help responsible for the content their users upload. So we, we might have to face like even stricter, uh, restri like, even stricter rules for just normal sites uh, for posting and advertising porn. And I feel like a lot of people who are supporting the Trafficking Hub campaign don't know that it was founded by this organization called Exodus Cry, which is a religious organization founded by a guy who's not only super religious, but very homophobic, just not the type of person that most of these supporters of Trafficking Hub would want to back if they knew that's who started it. And they installed this woman who 
is not an expert in any way when it comes to sex work or sex trafficking, but she just used to be a missionary. She's just a part of this church and this religious organization. Um, they've had a very successful marketing campaign for a trafficking hub where they can try to make it so that people think that sex work and sex trafficking are the same, and they make people think that Pornhub is the biggest threat for when it comes to exploitation online. Um, and unfortunately, that's just not true. Like, yeah, it, the issue, like, I one think, case of this, yeah. oh, so it, just one case of that kind of content coming up would be too much. But whenever you put it in perspective, Facebook, for the last three years, they've reported over 84 million cases of child sexual assault media on their site. Uh, I think for Twitter, it was over a million. For Instagram, it was over 4 million. In comparison, uh, Pornhub's only had 118 cases in the last three years. So it's not like they are leading like the, this problem. You're more likely to find that kind of content on the sites that more people use every day than on Pornhub. But unfortunately, this organization wants to shut down sex work entirely. They would rather somebody starve and not be able to like pay their bills than put porn on the internet. Like That's how much they hate just sexuality and people having sex outside of the confines of marriage for it's it's really really sucky and I, i'm hoping that the more people talk about it the more we can get this information out there because I, I will sometimes look at the person who is the face of trafficking hubs twitter just to kind of see what they're saying because i, I like to see what the opposition saying and know mm-hmm. what arguments i need to come up with to talk to them talk to their supporters and somebody pointed out the fact that like this is a religious organization and she put it out and she was like, how could this, how could you call it a religious organization when so many of the supporters are not part of Exodus Pride? Well, it's like, well, it's still founded from that. You're misleading people on what's happening with Pornhub in order to support something that they may not necessarily support. If you look at her page, there's nowhere where she's saying Jesus doesn't want there to be porn stars because she knows that that would not go over as well with these young people who want to do something good for the world. If they led with sex shouldn't be anywhere outside of marriage between a man and a woman for procreation, they wouldn't have so many supporters. Um, if they told the truth about where the leading causes, so leading, sorry, which, if they told the truth about which websites have the most uh, terrible content like that being uploaded onto it, then they wouldn't have so many supporters. It's, it's all a lot of misinformation and misrepresentation of what's actually happening. Um, and I'm really hoping that Visa, MasterCard, and all these credit card companies have a change of heart once they look at the actual facts. Because MindGeek is not an evil corporation that wants to exploit people. And in fact, part of the reason why I'm so happy to be a brand ambassador is because I think that they are doing their best to give back to the community, to have a safe place for sex workers. They, like you said, just took out all the content that wasn't verified user uploaded. And yeah. if... If they just worked with us and focused on decriminalizing sex work yes. instead of just making things harder and harder for sex workers in the name of stopping sex trafficking, That's I think that would yeah, help decriminalization. Everyone overall. That's the biggest thing right there is the decriminalization because when they like made like Craigslist and Backpage and shut everything down a few years ago, they didn't realize that they were putting sex workers like in like dangerous situations by criminalizing sex work and making it so you can't legally be a prostitute like you're put you're literally just like killing those women because like they can't have any like source of like i guess like uh formality and doing that in a legal way and it's Mm -hmm. just dangerous it's all misinformation and the way that they present it to the public 
is like, oh yeah, of course, if you say human trafficking and talk about CP, you're going to trigger people and you can pretty much say anything under that umbrella and people will be like, oh my God, that's bad. Because mm-hmm. nobody wants to be associated with those things. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I mean, let's be real. Like, there's not a single performer or person out there that is for exploitation. We all have the same end goal. This is very clear that it is not a war on illegal content. It is a war on porn because they would have given other platforms the same treatment, yet they're not. They are targeting mm-hmm. Pornhub. And, I mean, morals, unfortunately, have no place in censorship here. This is not, uh, like, the, the, the danger. And the, the thing is that history is repeating itself. With Sesta Fosta a few years ago, the dangers of what happened to sex workers is that people people were seeking the services of sex workers on, on sites like Backpage. So sex workers were able to screen these clients appropriately and make sure that, and basically mitigate the amount of danger that they had to face every day. And when Backpage mm. went down and Craigslist went down and all these other resources went down, these workers, where did they go to make money? They had to go back out onto the streets in more precarious conditions where, you know, clients were like, hey, I don't want to get arrested because I'm criminalized if I get busted having sex with you. So how about we go in this dark alleyway and, you know, maybe they get violent or... <laughs> well, hold I this mean, knife. It's totally safe, though. Don't worry. But these are very real impacts that these people have not calculated. And the, the worst part about all these, this Trafficking Hub campaign and everything is that we are generously offering our expertise. There are people that have been studying the effects of these, this kind of thing on the internet for 15 years now, and it's not that, that the information is not available, it's that they're not willing to listen. So hopefully mm-hmm. with all the noise that we're all making now, with everything that's going on in the U.S. right now, with the talk of censorship and this and that, it's a hot topic in politics. Uh, hopefully we can bring our side to light. I think that's really important in 2021. I definitely agree. I was curious about if you've seen any changes or any changes you would like to see within the industry since the beginning of the Black Lives Matter movement. Have you seen any progression or any progression that you would like to see within sets, sites, or with fellow performers? Mm-hmm. Um, so every couple of years, something like this pops up where people want to pay more attention to how Black people are treated in porn. Um, and usually will be some sort of panel or we'll have a, a discussion online and, and where people will kind of have an airing of grievances. Um, but then things kind of go back to normal once the buzz dies down. So I have seen some really great changes. I've seen a lot of people speaking up and saying that they want to be a part of change. But unfortunately, it's too soon to tell if those changes will become the new norm. Uh, rather than just mm-hmm. having this fizzle out whenever we could all go back outside again and, and shoot like normal. <laughs> I think that part of the reason why the George Floyd protests and what happened in the summer was so intense was because of the coronavirus, because so many more people were not only frustrated because of not being able to go out, they were just at home. They didn't really have to, like, not, they didn't have to skip the protest because they have to go to work. They're already at home. They're already bored. They're already angry and frustrated and just channeling that anger into these protests. I think that part of the reason why there's so many people at these protests is because so many people were out of work or working from home controlling the schedule so they could make time to go to it. And I don't know if that like same fire will continue once things go back to like, they're never really going to go back to completely the way it was, but closer to the thing, way things were before the virus. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping that it will. Like, I've seen companies like Blacked before we went back to work, but there was like a little bit of a, a pause in performer, uh, like, mainstream porn shooting. They've had a Zoom call with a lot of the Black performers that have worked for their sites, and they asked us to tell them exactly how we felt about being treated on set. 
And there were some things that we had to say, like, hey, we, we feel uncomfortable with this or we'd like to change that. And I feel like they responded really well and, and took our feedback and implemented some real changes that seem really, really positive for not just their site, but for the industry in general. Uh, and I would just like to see that continue. But I can't say for sure right now, like, yes, everything's better now because it's only time will tell. <laughs> That's really cool that they did that, that they're like actually putting a foot forward mm-hmm. to like make that next step. I hope that I see more um, production companies doing that within the industry, like keep this momentum of, like you were saying, everybody like being inside and giving it more attention this year because they have that extra time. Hopefully that gets that ball rolling and we can just kind of go from there opposed to just letting it go, you know? And I, you know, before we mix things up and and come back on a lighter note here, Mm -hmm. I know that Mm -hmm. uh, you identify as the pronouns she and they, and uh, I know that some award ceremonies like XBiz coming up and around the corner here has actually made all of their categories this year gender inclusive. So they're all gender neutral. And uh, I just wanted to know how is it navigating your gender identity in the adult industry? So I've always liked to play around with my gender. Uh, I really like cross-dressing. I have wanted to be a drag king for a really long time. And right now I'm like practicing drag king makeup to see if I can make it work. Uh, but I think what really I love it. prompted me to start using they, them pronouns in addition to, to she, her, was being in lockdown and realizing that a lot of my gender identity, I kind of felt obligated to perform. Um, and once I didn't have anybody to present a gender to, I didn't really want to do it anymore. Like there are some days I just didn't want to be a girl. Um, and then talking to other people online about it and it becoming more and more normalized helped me want to kind of come out, so to speak, with those pronouns. Um, and I think that it's something that's happening a lot more now, partially because like people are staying at home more often and realizing that the, what the gender they've been presenting this whole time isn't necessarily what they want to do if they don't have anybody else to show that gender to. Um, so I, I feel like some people talk about like, oh, all of a sudden there are all these people who are trans or all these people who's gay or some people that are saying that they're gender neutral or gender fluid uh, and think that it's a phase or a fad. I think that there, or there might be some people who are just trying it out. One, I think that's a fucking good thing and I feel like everybody should have the freedom to experiment uh, with their sexuality, with their gender, totally. all that. But I think it also has something to do with the fact that so many people are realizing now being at home that they don't have to perform that specific gender if they don't want to. And they might feel more comfortable with different pronouns and like a different identity. Yeah, I think that 2020 came with like a self-exploration, you know, it was it was easy to self-explore, to self, like, just to internalize because, I don't know, personally, I have been spending a lot more time with myself and there are some things I realized about myself in the process and it's just giving people time to stop and think, you know? Mm-hmm. Which I think is important. And you don't have that, like, outside judgment all the time. Because if you're living your life normally and you're going outside and you're trying to, like, figure some internal shit out and you go outside and you get judged. But if you are, like, inside and you're not getting any of that judgment, you have time to fully process what you're going through mm-hmm. without any outside feedback. Which is really, like, rare and interesting. Mm-hmm. And- it's, it's also very interesting to see that the, the movement, like you say, there's like an influx of people. And yes, it could be pandemic assisted as well. But there's an influx of a whole new generation of people um, identifying with all these different genders, which I think that the AIDS epidemic in the 80s kind of wiped out a whole generation of queer folks. So this movement might have started 10 years ago or 20 years ago, had that not swept through the world back in the 80s. So it's really 
interesting and it looks it's very empowering to see all of these folks coming out now and uh you know no no holds barred anymore you know yeah and i am really excited to be able to shoot with with groups of people again because one of my goals now is to have a they them orgy and just like everybody who's gender fluid or gender neutral and just see how that goes i feel like that would be really fun (laughs) a nice authentic passionate scene like that oh yeah i'm down Mm -hmm. for that All right, so I just have one more question for you. What advice would you give your younger self? Save your fucking money. <laughs> I, I feel like a lot of people say that. Um, a lot of people will tell me performers, like, make sure you save, but the, the, that advice isn't always heated because mm-hmm. for a lot of people, sex work, is, you go into it because you need the money, right? And then once you start to have money for the first time, it's very easy to go overboard with that once you have a disposable income. But I promise you, those shoes, that car, that, that expensive thing that you really want to buy will still be there after you have like a good savings account built up. And it's always better to have a good savings cushion and not need it than the other way around. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I'm, I'm a crazy squirrel. I like, to, I like to have my savings accounts. I'm trying to buy a house right mm. now, so... And- I'm like happy that I have saved. So much. <laughs> That's solid. <laughs> like all I do is all I do is donate to charity and b- buy toys for my cats. <laughs> but save your money. Save your money is like it's good advice for anyone in any industry. But yeah, sex mm-hmm. workers. That's solid advice. Especially with sex workers, you never know. Like sometimes your sales will dip, and there's no reason that you can figure it out. Or sometimes you are just need to take a break from your mental health and you don't want to feel too much pressure to like have to keep constantly turning out content. Another thing that I like to tr- tell newer performers if you're, you're making your own porn is to have like a content library kind of backed up where you don't release all of your scenes immediately. That way, if you want to take a break and keep releasing new content, you can. Um, it just makes it so much easier for your brain because you don't ever feel that like constant pressure of like oh i have no content i have to make content otherwise everything's ruined like you, if you have a couple of scenes saved you can take a break if you it's need like to living uh what is it like like living hand to mouth with right. content like as soon as i create it i like release it mm-hmm. yeah i definitely have an issue with that i need to have more backup content i just get so excited about it and i'm like <laughs> I love you on this year. What, I, what i started having to do is just waiting for the day where i'm feeling really good and like feeling really sexy and if I shoot something and I still am kind of horny or if I still like feel good about shooting more, I'll just take the whole day of just making a bunch of stuff. And, and I'll go ahead and yeah. rotate out that library every now and then. That way if I change something, like I just got a new piercing or if I start doing my makeup differently, that everything still looks up to date. But it's just really nice to, to yeah. have that cushion, both with money and with content. Yeah, and I mean, it's also important, let's say, I mean, the, the world of online sex work is very unpredictable these days. If we get a platform ripped out from under us, we need to have that mm-hmm. that that cushion underneath us. So that's very, very solid advice to cap off the show. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we are going... Look at that little guy. Oh, oh yes, is that Bubba? Bubba? Yeah, this is Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. What He's kind of weird He's a Maltese Shih Tzu mix. Oh. But he mostly looks like a Maltese. He just has dark hair like oh a Shih Tzu. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I want to get him. I want to get another dog. I love him so much. But he's only six months old. So I told myself whenever he turns a year old, if I haven't trained well enough, I want to get another one. Uh, I know. Once you pop, you can't stop. I need a buddy. <laughs> Dogs are really cool. That's so cute. <laughs> I really love cats, too, but I'm allergic to them. So I kind of have to be a dog person de facto. But I, I fucking love dogs. I should have gotten one way sooner. 
<laughs> All right, Kira, we're going to take you into a game of Would You Rather. Are you down? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Okay, here's a good one. Would you rather not have sex for a year or have sex every day of your life but never orgasm? That's evil. I just want to point that out. That's a really fucking mean question. Um, I would rather not have sex for a year because at least I can masturbate and still come. And I'm pretty fucking good at touching myself. Like I've been doing it for a while. I've had enough practice and everything. Um, So I think I would rather do that and have it be temporary. (laughs) Damn, you found a loophole. All right. Would you rather... Would you rather only be able to do foreplay with your hands or with your mouth? With my mouth. Um, All foreplay is great foreplay, but I love using my mouth. I love giving head. I love drooling. I love spit. I love kissing. I I feel like if you can't use your mouth, that means that the kissing's out, like whirls out, like all the really, really fun stuff. So using your your hands, it's really fun, but I'm more partial to to mouth stuff. (laughs) Solid reasoning. Same. I didn't even think about the kissing thing because that's like one of my favorite things. Like kissing, like. (sighs) (laughs) All right. Would you rather fulfill your biggest wish or resolve your biggest regret? I would rather fulfill my biggest wish because there are some things that I really want to do that are just not possible for me to do. But there, I have a lot of regrets that, you know, eventually I'll be able to work through that shit in my own brain. Like, I, I can move past a regret. There are some things that I, I wish for that I, I, like, literally can't do, so I'd rather have that fulfilled. That's fair. <laughs> right? Learn learn from the past and move yeah. on. Um, which kind of leads into the next one. Would you rather have a time machine that only goes forward or only goes backwards? I am black. Forward. <laughs> it might be fun to like like go back like a year or two, but I feel like that's just opening yourself up to the time machine malfunctioning and you're stuck at a really bad time. So I would rather go forward. <laughs> that's fair, that's fair. Right? You might be stuck in an endless loop of 2020. Imagine uh, that. No. <laughs> okay, let's see. Would you rather have dangerous, slippery sex in the shower? Or sex on the floor with inevitable rug burns. Okay, sh- shower sex is really hard to do well. It- it's gonna rinse off all the like natural lubes or any little lubes you throw in there. Or if you're like standing out of the water, then you're like cold and wet. Um, I feel like when you're having sex on the carpet and you get some rug burns, you don't notice that you have the rug burns until you're done with the sex. So I'd rather go with that. This is true. <laughs> Really hard. <laughs> yeah, shower foreplay is better than shower. Yeah, sex. I actually used to have a scar like right here from being fucked on carpet stairs. <laughs> I've had that scar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right, last one. Uh, during sex, would you rather be dirty talked in an accent you cannot stand, or? Have sex in complete awkward silence. Awkward silence. Um, I feel like, okay, so I'm an awkward person, so all my sex is awkward silences. I'm used to that. I, I feel like a bad accent that's just annoying. Like with my arms. Yeah, like, I never know what to do with my hands. Like, am I doing too much eye contact? Am I not looking at them enough? Like, I, I always have that internal dialogue in my head. I'm like, ah! 
Um, but if there's complete awkward silence, one, I'm kind of used to it, and two, at least I can come up with some sort of fantasy in my head as it's going on. I feel like if somebody is constantly dirty talking in a bad accent, there's no way to ignore that. So I'd rather go for awkward silence. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> right? You're going to have to, like, bring out the ball gag. Shh. No, no, no. Shh. <laughs> Let's play a game. It's called Shh. Well, thank you. <laughs> joining us today Kira it has been a pleasure would you like to plug your links so people can know where to find you yeah um please search me on Pornhub um my name is Kira Niwa um you can also find my personal porn on OnlyFans.com slash the Kira Noir. if you want to just see my social media stuff then I'm on Twitter at the Kira Noir. I'm on Instagram at the Kira Noir Graham and I'm on TikTok as the Kira Noir. <laughs> yeah Go follow them everywhere. <laughs> um, and everybody that is listening or watching, thank you for joining us for the latest episode of Sex Tales. See you next time, Sex Squad. Hey, Sex Squad. Remember to spank that like button and subscribe on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash camminglife. And make sure to subscribe to Sex Tales wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Yes. Yes.